0: Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. A new survey of parents conducted by one poll found that on average, kids spend less than one hour each day being active. Yet four in five parents said that they want their kids to go outside more and try new things. Activity levels have plummeted and child obesity is on the rise thanks to more screen time and more snacking due to boredom and stress, says youth sports and physical fitness advocate Daniel O'Neill, MD, not to mention the lack of physical education in schools. How can parents get their kids excited about being more active and why will this not only improve their health but also their academic performance? My guest today is here to talk about those things and much more. Dr. Dan O'Neill is a sports psychologist as well as an orthopedic surgeon and he's passionate about getting kids active and healthy. His latest book, Survival of the Fit, How Physical Education Ensures Academic Achievement and a Healthy Life, discusses the lack of physical education in schools, the sharp rise in obesity, and what parents can do to get their kids excited about their health. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazakent.com. Beck Center for the Arts in Lakewood, Ohio is a nonprofit arts organization that creates arts experiences for all ages. Starting at six weeks for babies and caregiver music group classes to watercolor painting for those in their late nineties, you and your family can find something that excites and engages all of you throughout your lives. Enjoy a youth theater production, a dance performance, professional theater plays and musicals, or get involved with the music, dance, theater, or visual arts class. Visit the Lakewood campus and experience free visual arts exhibitions that rotate throughout the year. Check out all Beck Center has to offer at beckcenter.org. Nestled on a 45-acre estate, McGregor Assisted Living features 90 new private suites supporting our mission to promote lifelong health and wellness for older adults while helping them find meaning in their retirement years. McGregor Assisted Living, build a lifestyle that suits you. Welcome, Dr. Dan. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, um it's great. I was um as we were talking before we recorded, um you know, my husband has his masters in sports psychology and he's a PE teacher, so I was like this is this is great. Um you know, this these are conversations that we have here and this will be a great one and um he'll for sure love it. So I'm looking forward to it. Um so you know, we're talking today about activity levels of kids and and just having them you know have that activity and fitness and even we'll talk about physical education in schools and how that relates but it's funny because i've done several several shows on where you know the excessiveness i guess for lack of a better word with like youth sports and you know how people can get crazy and they start them you know right out of the womb and they are you know what i mean and it's kind of funny because I feel like we're going to talk about the other side of it a little bit today where, um, you know, there are, you know, like like you say, there's a current health crisis where not as many kids are participating in sports and activities, right?
1: Correct, correct. And, and it's great. I, I met my neighbor this morning while we were walking our dogs, and um, he is the classic, I found out this morning, problem child in that, he says, and he, he started running years ago. He's since stopped. He's, he's uh, older now. But he said he started running, and two months later, he did his first marathon. And I tell people, just because you're a runner, you don't do Boston. You know, that's, that's not the, the logical right. next step. But what, that's what people think about around here. I, I live in New Hampshire. And, and it's the same thing with youth sports. Youth sports is not children playing. It's not movement. It's not physical education. It's a different world. And and it's become an even more different world, you know, in the past uh, uh, 10 or so years.
0: Yeah, it definitely has for sure. Um, Definitely the things that I mentioned before. So what do you think, I know, why do you think, well, before we get to the why, maybe I'll ask you, what is the importance of the, and we know some of the things, obviously the physical activity in kids. And I know we're going to talk about your book, survival of the fit, how physical education ensures academic achievement and a healthy life. And I know that you correlate the two, you know, with the physical activity and academic, um, side of things. So how, what's that relation?
1: Right. So the deal is, is that our children, or the vast majority of our children, are not getting any exercise, any movement, any play. Anything outside is just not happening. The kids that are getting it are those youth sport kids. But but my point is, is that kids have to be healthy enough to do sports. So it, you got to start with that baseline, and that baseline is, is, is activity. Well, oh, by the way... Or your academics, your brain is, is tied to your body. And without a healthy body, you're not going to have a healthy brain. And that's where the academics is directly related. So I make a big point that it's not the mind-body connection, it's the body-mind connection. The body is what's driving this. We have to have healthy bodies so we can play sports, but we also, more importantly, have to have healthy bodies so we can have a contented life of academics and of mental health and all the other things that are tied to fitness.
0: So it's not the kids. I mean, obviously, the kids who are playing organized sports are getting physical activity, although I think that it's also important to get other kinds of, you know, outside physical activity besides that. But, um, you know, there are a lot of kids, you are there a lot of kids not doing any of that today? And do we think, you know, it's because of why screens probably have something to do with that?
1: Yeah. It's the 80, 20 rule. And, and 80% of our kids are doing nothing. The vast majority of kids have stopped any, even any organized sports by the age of of, uh, 14 or 15, they're done. So, so that means we've got all these children that are doing nothing, but, or doing nothing outside. So what do they do? They get on their screens. They get on their video games. They get on the television. They get on social media. And that's how children are spending their days. And teenagers, you know, we all know the numbers. Eight plus hours of of, um, screen time every day for teenagers is absolutely astounding. Uh, I just, there was an article this morning in the USA Today about the number of hours that the kids are getting instruction in school and how, depending on where you live uh, and depending on a lot of other factors, the kids are getting less and less academic instruction. Well, we're talking about around six hours or so at school. So we're shooting for six hours, 180 days a year of a school instruction, but these kids are getting eight hours, <laughs> seven or eight wow. hours on their screens every day. I mean, the problem cannot be overstated.
0: Yeah. It's crazy when you, when you put out those numbers like that. And, and, you know, I know now, you know, a lot of times at school, they are on their screens with their computers, you know, using them in the classroom and things, but right. Even beyond that, like you said, it's just like they're on the bus, you know, on the way home on the bus now. They're on their phone or they're, you know, whatever they have with them their device and they're when they get home like you said, they are, you know, just getting right on something whether it's social media or gaming or, you know, whatever it is. And so that's just a lot of time to just sit and be really? on the be on the screen and like you said just sitting and then we know like when you're just sitting, you're probably Having junky snacks a lot of times, you know, just like 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 we do if you're watching t v and things like that, so it ties in together,
1: yeah absolutely and and you you bring up a good point. the computers are like food in that we use our computers for so many things, right we're using the computer now to yeah. have this conversation, so we're and the kids, especially during the pandemic, the academic use of the computer went way up, but it's just like food right we all need to eat something but if we eat too much garbage and 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 you know we're going to not be healthy and that's what these kids are doing these kids are getting too much garbage time on the computer and not enough good time and they're getting too much garbage time in their ultra processed food so to get back to your other point yes it's the two headed monster it's the screen time and the ultra processed foods that are really doing in our kids and causing this obesity crisis and causing uh, the mental health crisis and all the other issues that our children are dealing with today.
0: And you mentioned before, uh, you were saying by the ages, by age of 14, 15, a lot of kids are done with organized sports. And that makes me obviously think that, okay, that's when they have to start trying out for school sports. um, And if they don't make it, then they're done you know they're done with or done with sports a lot of times because before that they're on you know rec or different you know travel things like that where they they can play or everybody gets a chance and then once you get into junior high and high school right like if you if you don't make a team or if you just don't feel like maybe a kid wants to play but they don't want to play at that level there's really a missing piece there, I think. There's nothing for them if they don't make a junior high or high school team or if they still want to play, but like I said, they don't want to play at that level. It, it kind of stops for them.
1: Absolutely. We've conflated school sports with high-level competitive sports. I can tell you that none of your listeners, if their children did not play Uh, travel league and aggressive soccer and aggressive baseball and aggressive field hockey, if they did not play that as a youth, they're not going to make the varsity high school team, which is, which is an incredible thing because the varsity team is supposed to be our team, right? That's supposed to be for anybody. But as you, as you say, that's not how it works. The only kids that are making the, the varsity teams now or kids that have been that had the parents that had the wherewithal to really focus on those sports, because again, that's the change in youth sports I was alluding to earlier. It's become a totally different animal. It's not just kids going out and having fun and knocking around. It's it's about you know people think they're going to be pro athletes, the next LeBron James, and the next <laughs> uh, you know uh, uh, college um, uh, varsity a scholarship athlete and it and it doesn't work out like that and is to the detriment of our children so my point uh, in the, in the book in survival of the fit is that these types of competitive sports should be the purview of the community not the school the school's job is to educate everyone when i say educate i mean physically educate also so that every child that graduates from the local high school is fit does not have diabetes. Does not have obesity. Is able to do a squat. Is able to run, uh, you know, a, a half a mile or a mile. This is a low bar, but we've just totally forgotten about that. We've totally ignored that for our kids because we've gotten so focused on the small percentage of kids getting those, um, you know, getting the varsity sports and the college uh, scholarships, et cetera, et cetera. And that's just not how it works. But But by ignoring these other 80% of children, those kids are really unhealthy. And those those kids are costing us a lot and a lot of money because they're, uh, they're so unfit and they're so troubled.
0: Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. My husband, as we talked about before, is a physical education teacher. So we have these kind of conversations all the time. And he's also a varsity coach. So we talk about all of that. We were just talking about that last night as far as, um, you know, it, it used to be when kids started sports was junior high you know, back in the day. Right. Mm -hmm. It was like junior high was like, oh yeah. Now it's like, if you try to start a sport in junior high, like you said, forget it, unless you're just this amazing, you know, athlete, which, you know, rare. And there's nothing wrong with, it's great to start sports when they're young and have fun and do rec and all that. But right. It's just so different now and highly competitive. And even as a coach's point of view, like they're responsibility their job is you know from the school from the many schools you know it's kind of like the pressure we want a winning record so Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's just um you have to choose you know and, and usually then it's it is those kids that and not everybody can afford to play club and travel and not everybody you know, wants to, or they have other things they want to do also, you know? Um, so it's, it's just a weird, a weird kind of situation. And so talking about, you know, the physical education in schools, there's a lot we could talk about that. You know, obviously we know when there's a money issue, the first thing to get cut would be, you know, a physical education and, and also, you know, the arts and the music and all that, those are the first things to go, which is super sad. And, and I also think that, you know, a lot of people think of the you know physical education classes, you know, it's not needed. it's stupid, it's a joke, it's a blow off. you know all that kind of thing. and and I think there's that stigma there. Um, but it's not always that way and does it shouldn't be that way? Do you agree with that? There's kind of that stigma.
1: Physical education is the most important subject in our schools in two thousand and twenty two. I'll say it again. Physical mm-hmm. education is the most important subject in our schools in 2022.
0: Well, I know some people who are going to love you and one's my husband, but all the physical mm-hmm. educators, there, you know, but yeah, it, it and why do you say that?
1: Right. Nobody's talking about this because our children are not healthy enough to learn algebra or chemistry mm-hmm. or Beowulf. They're not healthy enough. They all have... What we used to call adult diseases, high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, you know, again, depression, anxiety. Our children are so unhealthy right now that that's why physical education now is the most important subject. We need physical education for every child, every day, every year of school. Every child, every day, every year of school. That's what we need. That's where we need to put our resources. With all due respect, It's amazing what a a kid could learn on the internet. Again, there's they're getting back to that computer issue, the positive computer things. They can learn so many things on the internet academically, but if you don't have the fitness to learn them, it's useless. And so we can keep trying to teach our children a geometry and, and, and other subjects, but unless they have the fitness, they're not going to learn. So it's exactly your point in 2002, with uh, no child left behind, where do we take the time to increase the time in math and increase the time in English? We took the time away from physical education. And what happened to scores in math and English? Nothing. They didn't, they didn't go up because <laughs> our kids are not healthy enough to learn this stuff. We're still you know, competing with Czech, the Czech Republic for 25th in math uh, scores. And so it, it's, it, we, we just don't, the, the, the people out there that are making the decisions just don't get it. Today is a different world. 2022 is not the same world you grew up in. Any educational research that's more than 10 years old is useless because these kids are dealing with completely different uh, 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 issues than we had to when we grew up.
0: And I know that if, you know, they do have it in schools, most of the time, I and mean, it's definitely not every day. I don't know any school that has, they have it every day, you know, at any level, do. you know, just, K-12, it's like a couple of times a week. Right. Yeah. Well, I
1: do. I do know the schools that have it every day. Those are the prep schools.
0: Those are the yeah.
1: private schools. Those are the rich kids. And so the kids that, that have money, lo and behold, the people in those schools recognize the importance mm-hmm. Of making sure these kids are out playing every day, so and, and so why why is that? Why why do yeah. schools and, and, and these private schools have have that? You know they know the difference. Why aren't we doing that in our public schools? Why don't all of our children get that benefit?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. They don't, though. Certainly, you know, most schools, like we said, it's like a couple days a week at best, if at all. Um, I know the answer to this, but what? How do you feel about the PE waiver?
1: (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And that's the and that's exactly. So Illinois got into all kinds of trouble because they were the first state that mandated. Physical education for every kid, every day, every year of school, and it and it got destroyed. And mm-hmm. people were coming in with you know notes from their doctor and notes from this oh. and and oh, can I do it on the internet? And it's just absolutely sad. And 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 this is why we do need, you know, uh, sorry for saying this, but you know, a president's council of physical education to come back with some teeth. And although Kennedy had no teeth, Eisenhower actually started it, and then Kennedy. But it had no teeth. It was just a, a bully pulpit then. But it really took off, you know, in the in the '60s. And but we need something like that. We need some influencers to really go out and 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 say that the emperor has no clothes because the emperor does not have clothes. We are failing an entire an, another generation of kids. These kids already have a lower lifespan than we have. And we're going to have another generation and another one after that, unless we make the changes. And by by doing physical education for every kid, every day, every year of school, they maintain what I call a physical identity. And I, I talk a lot about this in the book. When you come out of the womb, you are not interested in screens. You are interested in everything else, everything with three dimensions. You're interested in that puppy dog. You're interested in eating dirt. You have this curiosity that is unbounded you are not gonna sit around in front of a screen. And if we just harness that and we allow children to keep their physical identity, they are going to keep it. So my program has us making sure we have two aggressive uh, activity periods for kindergartners. Well, that's that's an easy one you think, right? kindergartens they know how to play, they know how to run around. Then we're gonna do it in kindergarten and first grade. Again, pretty easy then to kindergarten first and second grade the next year, then on and on and on. And if you all of a sudden turned around and you told a fifth grader, hey, sorry, we only do PE now once a week. We're not doing it every day like we've been doing it for the past five years. That kid's going to revolt. The kid's going to go crazy because now they're used to it. This is what they're used to because this is their physical identity. This is what we do as human animals. And, and 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 in 1866, California legislated to p to you know exercise periods of day. 1866, <laughs> this they knew what children needed in 1866. The private schools in America are based on the on the uh, on the uh, prep schools in England. They made sure the kids had activity. This is you know this has historic precedence. What doesn't have historic precedence is. 25,000 seat uh, arenas for high school football. That's new. Build a lifestyle that suits you at McGregor and choose how to spend your days. We recognize that finding meaning in our retirement years is foremost. We promote health and wellness throughout our campus where you can enjoy our walking paths, visit with friends on any one of our patios and courtyards, and make new friends. Find meaning in your retirement years. Call McGregor at
0: 216-220-2209. I think that most elementary kids like PE. That's like their favorite. They love it, you know. Um, and then I think once they get, you know, middle school and high school, not so much for some kids. And I know, you know, we were, you know, my experience was, then, you know, is different than now, hopefully, but you know, it's like, okay, I'm not, I can't climb this rope. (laughs) They don't even have those anymore. And, um, you know, I don't want to have to, then it was like, you had to try to take a shower. It was like, we're not doing that. You know, you had to try to fake the teacher out by sprinkling some water on your hair and not get all messed up for the rest of the day. Because, you know, as a girl Mm -hmm. in high school, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I have PE in the morning. I don't want to get, so, but I know now, I'm happy that at least, you know, like our school where my son goes to high school, they have several electives and it's nice to see they have yoga, weightlifting, yeah. team yeah. sports, net games, invasion games. And he loves that. So it's that is great to see because, you know, I can see a lot of kids, you know, they, they may not want to take the regular, they don't like it, or they have a thing of what it, what it was, what it is going to be. But then it's like, Hey, I, I like doing, you know, weightlifting or whatever. I want to try to get into that so they can take an elective of something like that. So I think it's great. And I know the PE waiver, the, the, the reason for that, the argument for that is, well, then it gives them more time to take all these extra AP and honors classes.
1: (laughs) I can't bear it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're not. They're not fit enough to take the AP and honors classes, you know. And 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 by the way, that's another big fallacy in our in our education system. Now these kids are taking AP classes, but but so few of them are taking the test and showing proficiency in that and actually getting that credit, that college credit. You know, um, it, it, again, in most schools, in most high schools, uh, maybe not in yours, but in most high schools, the kids are not getting the four or fives that they need on those tests. But 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 the bottom line is, again, is the PE is not optional. That's, that's going to set you up for those AP classes. That's going to set you up for everything. And I, I agree with you. We have to be careful of balls and sticks because that can be off-putting. But if we don't let the kids lose their physical identity, that seventh grader and that eighth grader this is just going to be part of school. And and you're absolutely right. If we have yoga, if we have a weightlifting, if we have different, you know, body sculpting uh, 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 classes, you know, really use the community, use what you have in terms of uh, the natural environment, even in the cities, they have plenty of parks and plenty of options, bikes, et cetera. We we have to get a little bit uh, creative with this, but, but we have no choice. This is just too big a problem. The health of our of our next generation is too big a problem to ignore and, and to keep ignoring. And in my book, uh, Survival of the Fit, we talk about great examples of PE classes. Uh, 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 one of our local uh, teachers, Liz Savage, put together a great program for elementary, middle and high school kids. That's fun, 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 keeps them moving for the 45 minutes and is not, you know, breaking their glasses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Right. I know a, a friend of mine, her, a good friend of mine, her husband's an Austin elementary PE teacher and they, he does this big roller skating unit uh-huh. and the kids go wild for it. You know, he has the local roller rink, brings the skates and they, they, they roller skate, you know, in oh. the gym. And, and that's like the kid's favorite, uh, you know, oh. so stuff like that, you know, try to be creative. My husband, um, something he does in the mornings he does a morning program a, a, i don't know a couple of days a week i don't know how many before school and it's kids that um the teachers recommend i think it's kids that maybe have the hardest time sitting still during the day you know and so they recommend for this morning program and the parents you know sign off on it and bring them early if they want to participate it's a small group and he does like a before school Extra PE class with those kids. And the results have been really good. Um, you know, I ask them, what do the teachers say? And they say, yeah. And the parents, it, they're getting that physical activity, you know, before school starts. And it helps.
1: Absolutely. Because their body is turning on their brain. They're going to that first period class and they're ready to learn. And this is brilliant. And then we should have another, you know, ideally, you know, have another break then at 10 o'clock. Then you know, have lunch, have a recess, and then have your last classes and then hopefully the kids will go out and play after school right. that's that's the perfect day for these kids you know sprinkling in these academics and, and, and uh, when their brain is ready to absorb that uh, information, which is which is what happens once that heart rate gets up and that blood gets pumping through their brains.
0: Beck Center for the Arts in Lakewood, Ohio is a nonprofit arts organization that creates arts experiences for all ages. Starting at six weeks for babies and caregiver music group classes to watercolor painting for those in their late 90s, you and your family will find something that excites and engages all of you throughout your lives at every skill level. Enjoy a youth theater production, a dance performance, professional theater plays and musicals, or get involved with a music, dance, theater, or visual arts class. Visit the Lakewood campus and experience free visual arts exhibitions that rotate throughout the year. Beck Center even offers creative arts therapies for all ages and all abilities in music, dance, theater, and visual arts in a private lesson or group class setting at a school, clinic, or on the campus. If someone in your life is autistic, these services are highly beneficial. Great progress can be made through arts therapy at any step in a client's journey. Check out all Beck Center has to offer at beckcenter.org. Well, and we know too. Whenever there's anything, oh, we're using the gym. You know, go have go have PE in the classrooms. You know that kind yeah, right, of stuff. Right. And I
1: and I love that. We are building uh, in my state. We're building a, a pediatric mental health hospital mm. down south because there's a mental health crisis, as we all know, in our in our children, and that's going to cost us, you know, probably you know a billion dollars at the end of the day with a B. And then we have to staff it and everything else. So. When people come and say, "Well, we don't have enough gym space or this or that," I'm like, "Well, there are classrooms, but you know what? Building a gym is a lot cheaper than building a mental health hospital."
0: Yeah, you know?
1: right. And 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 the numbers are are absolutely astounding. When people start talking about things that we can't afford, what we can't afford is the price of obesity, which is costing us roughly a thousand dollars a kid every year. Uh, to, and and then that number just gets bigger as they become adults. And so if we if we don't do anything now, we're just going to keep paying for it and paying for it. And also the kids are paying in the sense that they're having unhappy lives, which is which to me is the absolute worst part of it.
0: So two questions for you, kind of two different, um, angles here for parents. What, what can they do to, you know, get their kids excited about being more active? And some kids, obviously they, they will anytime, you know, they'll do it. I'm outside. I want to ride a bike. I wanted to, but some kids like, like you mentioned before, they're like, ah, eh, you know, I want to play this game. I want to do this. I don't feel like it. It's too cold. It's too hot. It's, you know, whatever it is. Um, what can parents do?
1: Parents cannot let their children lose their physical identity and they have to start from the beginning they have to keep those screens away from them as much as possible because that's not our go-to response our go-to response is to be outside to be with mother nature that's what kids want to do so let them parents let the kids be out just back in the old days was was true you know you got out of the house as soon as the chores were done and then you disappeared until you know uh, uh, until dark that's what the kids should be doing that's their natural state and activities that the parents can can be part of you know on the weekends you know uh, 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 in the summers is is brilliant but what we do as a family is outside is with mother nature and and if you give that kid a chance to jump in some water or give that kid a chance to ride bikes they're going to do it and they're, they're not going to miss being on the screen. So right. don't let them lose their physical identity. And the other thing is, is, is don't fill your pantry with, with junk food. And, uh, you know, again, this idea of letting a kid decide what you're buying at the supermarket is insane to me. <laughs> you know, like my, my, my mother ever asked me what I wanted at the supermarket.
0: Right. <laughs> and uh,
1: my, my favorite, one of my favorite stories is I had a cousin uh, with his three boys coming to visit and I was driving and, and I was driving by the supermarket and I said, I called him on the phone. I said, hey, Steve, you know, what are, do the boys like cookies? I, I don't have any cookies at home. And he's like, yeah, whatever you get, that's fine. He says, I said, well, you know, do they like, you know, I don't know, chunk of chip cookies or you know, Oreos. He said, whatever you buy is fine. Said, I said, I don't know if they like my life." Finally, he says, I don't care. He says, whatever you buy is fine. If they don't like them, they won't eat them. And I just almost fell over laughing. And I'm like, this is the best father.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right, They'll like, be fine. Right? Oh. <laughs> You
1: know and and that's what parents have to be more of All right, listen, these are the cookies we have. this is what we're having for dinner. and by the way, you know we have some broccoli, we have some a veg and, and such. and so you know and and take advantage of any uh, um things the community might have in terms of access to fresh fresh vegetables and stuff for sure, uh whenever you can, because that's that's huge and 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 they just had this summit, uh what was it yesterday? where uh, uh President Biden and some other people were talking about this. And again they talk about it, they keep talking about it, but we really have to do something about it. We really have to uh you know get uh you know my gosh, if if anything in Ohio knows about it is farming and uh and we have to take advantage of this for our children.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. And also, you know, like you said with as far as parents, it's like yeah, you know, let's say, you know, we're all going to take a walk. We're going to go on a bike ride. We're going to skate, whatever it might be. We're going to go do something outside in the yard, play, uh, you know, anything. And sometimes the kid's like, uh, you know, and then you just kind of say, I mean, that's happened to me, you know, like, Hey, let's go, you know, we're going to take the dog for a walk. And it's like, Sometimes, you know, it's like, well, no, or I have to do this or I have to, you know, and then I'm like, oh, no, no, like we're all going, come on, you know, and then even it's begrudging, you know, once once everyone goes out, they're having a good time.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Nobody, you know, comes back from a swim and says, Oh, I wish I didn't get in. The water is kind of cold.
0: Right. Right. Except me. Except me. Sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I like a warm pool. But um also what can parents do for um like as far as their school? You know, if they're like listening and they're thinking, you know, gosh, my kid doesn't really have PE or only has it, you know, once or twice, or what can they do to try to make some changes there?
1: And this is what I've tried to do to help out. So you go to survivalofthefit.net, dot net, and there's all kinds of downloads. There's letters to the administrators, to the uh, teachers, you know, to the PE teachers, uh, to your state reps. We've got to get this going. We've got to get it from a, a grassroots standpoint, uh, and we have to get it from a state legislation standpoint. And I, I introduced a bill. You know, one of our reps introduced a bill that I was uh, involved with at our state uh, and we just have to start uh, agitating for this because this is the most important thing unless we do it things just aren't going to go well we're just not going to have fun and 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 you know we want to have fun at the end of the day i think and um and so we really have to do that so these are our easy ways at at the website to get to start cranking up and talk to the folks at the PTA and and again if you know if your kid is sitting out in right field, not getting any exercise, that's unacceptable. They, we at least with PE every day. That's one hundred and eighty days a year. And then, as you say, if the parents can make sure those kids are going out for that walk, and when they can do just a little bit, and then the the park and rec in the summer that so many communities have, there is so many programs available boys and girls clubs, et cetera, et cetera. We just have to take advantage and we just have to make sure these kids are not in front of screens because Mark Zuckerberg has addicted your kids to those screens and he is not letting go. He does not want them to do anything but to be tapping those screens. And that's the absolute worst thing they can do for their health. Uh, You know, nobody wanted us to smoke cigarettes when we were kids, uh, but, but that was nothing compared to what Screen Time is doing to our children's health.
0: Yeah, great, great points, great resources and advice. And it was a great talking to you. I know we went off on a lot of different ways. There's a lot we could talk about of each of those issues even longer. But I think it was a great conversation. And you're very inspiring and encouraging. How can listeners find um, more about you find your book? Tell us about your book.
1: Right. So the book is a template. First, it explains the concept of physical identity and why this is important. It takes you through the history of, of, of PE and youth sports and how that all came about. And, and it takes you through the arguments and the finances and what's really going on, pointing out the fact that, you know, so much of our money, a huge percentage of the money is going to school sports, but only 16% of kids are playing you know, three varsity sports in this, in this national uh, study that I did. So, and then the book ends with uh, Liz's section where she gives you some really good PE uh, tips and and just takes you through. And again, it's not, it's nothing that your husband and and most PE teachers don't know, but it's, it's, it's something that in a lot of places where they have classroom teachers doing PE and such, we really need. Um, And the other thing it talks about, it talks about how we do this every day for every kid, and using paraprofessionals professionals, and and uh, using what I call the PE czar to help oversee these things and get these things going in the right direction. So there's so much there in survival of the fit, and I and and my my uh, email is on the website. Email me, tell me what I could do to help your local school district uh, in terms of uh, uh, giving a, a talk or, or or anything like that because this is again this is my mission now as I kind of wind down my uh, my life as an orthopedic surgeon and and uh, sports psychologist but uh, but this is my mission now to get kids healthy. That's great
0: It's a great mission and we we need we need you and we appreciate it. What is your website?
1: The website is survivalofthefit.net. Okay. Um, and that's that's the place to go and there's all kinds of, of re, like I said resources there and bunches of videos and and other things so.
0: Great. Perfect. Thank you so much Dr. Dan. Uh,
1: my my pleasure, Miriam. I, uh, as you figured out, I can only talk about these things for you know six or eight hours at a pop. Uh,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would like there's a lot more we can uh, right. talk about for sure. So um, a lot of great information. You're great to talk to and you're very inspiring. And um, I, I was writing down some things, you know, as you're talking like that I want to do now. Like so. So you're very inspiring. So thank you so much.
1: Great. Thanks again.
0: This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at mazdakent.com. Beck Center for the Arts in Lakewood, Ohio is a nonprofit arts organization that creates arts experiences for all ages. Starting at six weeks for babies and caregiver music group classes to watercolor painting for those in their late 90s, you and your family can find something that excites and engages all of you throughout your lives. Enjoy a youth theater production, a dance performance, professional theater plays and musicals, or get involved with a music, dance, theater, or visual arts class. Visit the Lakewood campus and experience free visual arts exhibitions that rotate throughout the year. Check out all Beck Center has to offer at beckcenter.org. Nestled on a 45-acre estate, McGregor-Assisted Living features 90 new private suites, supporting our mission to promote lifelong health and wellness for older adults while helping them find meaning in their retirement years. McGregor-Assisted Living, build a lifestyle that suits you. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com, like Apparently Speaking on Facebook, and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.